Hello, happy people, and welcome to Office ADHD. Welcome back to Office ADHD. I hope you've had a fabulous week. I'm Jenna, and I'm very excited to get back to the second half of our interview with Michael Stein. He's absolutely fabulous. If you want to know more about any of the episodes, including the part one to this episode, check out my website at www.officeadhd.com and consider sharing with a friend. All right, guys, as you hear the magic chimes, the interview will continue. Thanks. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's another interesting point. I, you know, I, I've done, I've had a long journey in personal development. I've done everything Tony Robbins has done. I had a, when I first started doing like, you know, really getting heavily involved in uh, his seminars, I got a, one of his coaches and um, I was doing stand up comedy and I've done it off and on, you know, like since I'm 19. And I said, you know, I said something and comedy is set in the negative. There's a negative denominator with a, a first story and a second story that's shattered with a new assumption. So, you know, you have to think of negative things is where personal development is based on maybe slight negative And then, okay, what's great about this? What's good about empowering questions? What can I learn from this? All those type of questions. So when I said something negative, she's like, whoa, whoa, you got to be careful because your subconscious is recording. If you know about hypnotherapy, if you know about, you know, meditation, you know, your subconscious is going to record those things. I, say, I had to kind of create something. Like, I call it the third eye of comedy to where every time I have a joke, I'm like, if there's a negative thing to attach to it. I automatically have to trigger my mind and say, no, that is, that is a joke. It's third eye. Let's move forward. It's okay. Now, the reason why I bring that up is an example of when certain people that have, you know, when they get ADHD, it's like, well, here we go. This is what I am. This is who it is. And, and now I got to, you know, you don't, you know, how do you prevent the pattern of it deepening when you talk to somebody and say, look, yes, it's a probable condition. There's tendencies, but this is not an absolute. Say, look, this is what you do to counteract that, but you don't have to have this the rest of your life. How do you, how do you navigate that? Oh, so with ADHD, I think, you know, okay, honestly, I guess we're kind of <laughs> flipping the roles here, but I will mm. tell you. So when I first got diagnosed, I was I was actually kind of sensitive about it because for one thing, my family didn't really respond as well because they didn't, for a long time, they were like, ADHD doesn't exist. You're just distracted <laughs> and you just need to work harder. And so then it took a little while. And when I realized it was genetic, I was actually worried about having kids at first because I was like, oh no, I'm going to pass this on. And then it took me a while to realize, you know, wait, there's some good things about this. And it it was meeting other adults with ADHD and them saying, you know what? You actually can do this, this, and this. No, you're not good at, you're not good at all these things that other people are good at. That's okay. Because you're good at all these other things that they're not good at. And I think it was really realizing, you know, if you look at your body, what if your hand suddenly wanted to be a foot? That would be terrible. I need my hands. And I need them to be hands, not be feet. And the world needs people with ADHD to have ADHD and to use their ADHD and not to try and be somebody else. And 
I, that's one of the main reasons that I started the podcast and that I'm working on trying to make things that make the world an easier place for adults with ADHD is because it's not something that you should try and get rid of, really. I mean, yes, if you need medication to help with the symptoms, totally do that. I mean, everyone's got to regulate things how they need to regulate it. But you shouldn't actually be trying to get rid of it. Right. I, that's how I feel. Yeah. You know? All right, I, I won't interview you anymore, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. That's what we do. Like I said, it's fine. It's fine. That's how this works. We're good. Because <laughs> like, yeah. I, I do want to know, because since it's coming especially from your perspective, I want to know what you're... I, I, I heard that you have a 10-point recipe for success. I need to know your 10 points. Yeah, it's very un, unlike my past. You know, it's I kind of composed this after I did a deep dive into... You know, when that person said, I, you, you know, I got pissed when he said I had ADHD. I was like, I'm so mad. So mad. <laughs> That's funny. You're so mad. I mean, it's, it's, it, it makes sense, but yeah. Well, and then I, then I did an inventory of my past and an inventory of my successes and failures and all that. So the 10 point thing is all, you know, basically the first thing I do is whenever, let's say, any, anything you want, you know, do scope. Now, this is the antithesis of AD, you know, because you have to slow down now so you could speed up later. Which makes sense to me because growing up and and even starting a business, I'm like go 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 go, you know. Yeah. But you got to slow down now. So I what I do is I ask my I get scope of a situation of when I want something. What's the scope of the situation? What's the who, what, where, why, when, and how? And Toyota does the why. When Toyota's building a car, they ask themselves why is this? Why is that? Why is that? They ask five times why. So I ask myself. I do what I just call the who, what, where, why, when, and how, and I Toyota that five times. That's the first thing I kind of started doing that's really give me an exponential understanding of where my starting ground is. Then I prepare. I prepare, prepare, prepare. So um, I've, it's so crazy because spreadsheets I never appealed to me, but that, that guy that was working for me that pissed me off, he, he actually got me into spreadsheets where what it does is compartmentalize my thoughts. So let's say I, I, I want to backdate something for like two years from now. It all, you know, and I, I give myself more than enough time. I'll say, this is the date. Now I put, I put hyper-focus into it and I say, here's what I need to do to get to that goal. And I do all the dates. So I prepare, prepare, prepare. And then I set dates. At the same time, you know, congruently, take care of your body, take care of your mind, you know, I work, I try to work out every day because that's, you're, this is a sport. So whatever you're trying to get, I try to take care of my health. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to feed my mind constantly. I try to be cognizant of the triad of emotions, which is a personal development, Tony Robbins thing, which mm -hmm. is your, fo your focus, your physiology, and your words. So mind your words, what you say to yourself and internally, because that's going to be, that's going to give you a result, you know? It's just a recipe. You, you know, success is a recipe. So if you want to feel something, you you want to feel you know powerful. You want to feel the antithesis of ADHD. You want to feel like you can accomplish anything. Well, what's the recipe? What's the physiology recipe? Well, this is how Elon Musk would stand, or this person. You know, this is how I would stand when I'm powerful. This is what my facial muscles would be like when I'm powerful. This is the words that I would say to myself and other if I'm powerful. This is what my focusing. What I'd be focusing on if I'm powerful. So I'm going to go do stand-up comedy and then I'm, gonna, I'm doing all these things, these triad of these emotions. So that's really important. Then I also really get involved in six and we need psychology because I need to know why I do what I do and why other people do what they do. 
because I used to get upset. I'd get so emotional and so upset. You know, it's like, wait, people do things for, and if you believe in six human needs psychology, I think there might be seven, but there, you know, six, Tony Robbins, uh, you know, it's Mavlaw's, uh, can, you know, six human needs or human <laughs> needs psychology, which has uh, been around for, you know, almost a century. Basically, yeah. it's, you know, people do things for six reasons. They do it for significance, certainty, uncertainty, growth, contribution, and love. Now, those last three are like a higher conscious level, but these are things that people do. Now, they choose negative vehicles or positive vehicles to getting these needs. So, people do things to feel important, significance, certainty, security, right? Cer- uncertainty is a variety need, right? If I told you you're going to go to the Dodger game, and, but you know, it's going to be the same score every time and, and no one's going to be there. And you know, it's, it's, you're going to be like, there's no surprise. There's no, there's no variety. There's no connection to people. So we need all these things. So I try to be cognizant of that because that helps me deal with others and myself. So there's more, but those are some of the the, the the top five or six. And I have a I can send this on my website if you want to see the rest. Oh yeah, send me the link. We'll put it in the put it on the website. It'll be great. I'll just like I'll link it on the show notes. It'll be awesome. Those that's the those are the, the, the cornerstone. You know, and I, I do tell my daughters this all the time. I have a list of daddies, you know, I say, take care of your body, take care of your mind, be a force for good, be a happy person, be bring happiness to yourself and others. You know, mind your, your your triad of emotions, and 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 spend a lot of time on personal development. That that's the most important thing I can tell you. Learn personal development. That's beautiful. That it's like your daddy list. Oh, that makes <laughs> <Yeah>. me happy. <laughs> I have to ask you about something because it keeps like popping back up in my head. You have to tell me about how because you said you stuttered and then you be, you've become an actor and stand up comedian. How did you get over stuttering? Like what? What happened there? I grew up in a big family and everybody talked really fast. So my brain was, you know, and I've had a doctor, so I, you know, many people tell me, because your brain is still working so fast. My mom looked like Marilyn Monroe, but she had a personality like Don Rickles. So, you know, she very sharp and fast and like, you know, and, and you know, if you didn't, and if you weren't quick, you know, physically or emotionally or verbally, you'd get eaten up in my family. Like my I was the youngest in a large family. So you're, they'd steal things off your plate or like, you know, just like, it's just, you know, wild animals. So I had this <laughs> kind of weird stutter where I was trying to keep up with, especially my mother, because she was like the first comedian. I thought, you know, she's just freaking hilarious. So I would try to keep up with her speech. So it even started when I was in high school, I took a drama class. It only came out when I was trying to do improvisational exercises or things like that because I just start thinking so fast but I'd stuttered over the words because they wouldn't come out of enunciation. So the, mm. the actor teacher told me he's like take a cork and put it in your mouth and then do these exercises do the do this do your monologue do do your stand up routine do whatever and I did this for about 6 to 8 months and sometimes I'd go back to it maybe I'd do it like you know once a year you know if I had something by the time I was like, you know, a couple of years after that, it was like a non-issue because, you know, I trained my tongue and my mouth to kind of just kind of, you know, deal with tongue twisters and, and also for my brain to speed up. And, and it was just something that I, you know, worked, worked the muscle again and, and got over. I love that. You know, I've heard of people that are trying to learn accents when they're learning new languages, putting something in their mouth so that they think about how they're tongue is moving, but I'd never thought about that as just trying to build your ability to slow down when you're speaking and actually say things. 
Right. It's an yeah. Amazing tool. And sometimes, you know, you're supposed to be tongue tied or you're not supposed to be perfect when you first like. Here's the secret a lot of people don't know about comedians, even Rob Williams. Um, <laughs> you know, God rest his soul. You know, everybody, comedians will go over a routine over and over and over again. And when I first started doing stand up, I'm like, I can never do the same material twice. It's like, what? <laughs> That's like the opposite <laughs> of what a comedian does. You know? I must, I've already done that material. I must do, I, I, I'll save it in a Word document, but I need to move on, you know? And, and it's not, that's, you know, and, and you, you're going to be tongue tied. You're going to be, you know, stumble over things and it's not going to be perfect. But once again, isn't podcasting great for that talking and learning and listening? And, and it really helps you with, you know, that, that muscle as well. Yes. Yes, it is. It's really great. Like I said, practice, just, if you have trouble talking to people, just, Go out and practice. That's yeah. you're gonna mess it up, but it's okay because you just go along the way. Put in those reps. And you mentioned that you have the podcast Long Shot Leaders. Like, so where does that title come from? How did why did you start that? Well, because I like I said, I'm a long shot. You know, I you know, I grew up with all these like failure to success and failure stories my grandmother escaping the Russian concentration camps, or my dad was New York homeless street kid. And he became a multimillionaire, and then he lost it all again. He was homeless. I remember, you know, his his business partner in the '60s in a tool business was a guy named Alan Smith. Then my dad left the tool business to sell calculators in the early '70s, and he made millions. And then he had like a crazy rock star lifestyle, blew all his money. And then in 1975, that old business partner that he had, Alan Smith, he started a company called Harbor Freight, which is a multi-billion-dollar <gasps> company, publicly traded. And I saw all these things happen, many other things happen. And I had some failure successes constantly in myself my whole life, you know, failing, 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 and then succeeding. And then and I'm like, well, once you succeed, you're like, well, that's it. I've learned my lesson. And then, no, you fail again. But then finally, with my business and, and many other things, I've learned to su succeed. And that was my goal to sustain success monetarily, emotionally, not get a divorce, not, not have, you know, have a trajectory of, of monetary success, you know, that moves upward, mm -hmm. you know, because of, because of like my dad and all the pain and the, and the, the, the cheating and the volatility and the drugs and the money, loss of money. And, and seeing this, that's why I do a, a podcast called Longshot Leaders. Cause I said, if I was going to do a podcast, where's my worth? What do I know of? You know, do you, do you do a podcast? I think that, you know, you, it's like stand up comedy. You talk what you know about. And yeah. incidentally, I'm I'm starting a podcast. I'm starting two new podcasts. One next month. It's called the Stein Time Show, which is just comedians and actors and filmmakers. Because Longshot Leaders was kind of getting a little too many of those, you know, because I wanted to uh -huh. kind of separate those. So we're doing that. And then I'm starting a new company we've been planning for the past three years called Bolator, which is a, an outdoor patented brand of products that's uh, going to be hopefully very big. We're going to do the Bulletor podcast where we have outdoor influencers and come on and talk mm. about their outdoor adventure stories. So like the tarps, but now all outdoor stuff. Ooh. Yeah, we, we invented a product. I'll tell you what it is because I can tell you because it's, it's about to launch in about four or five months. <laughs> We're going to do a Kickstarter campaign and then do an official launch. It's a backpack that's also a soft cooler that opens up to a tarp that's also a hammock that also has a drain <laughs> on it for survival capabilities. What? Yeah. Uh, Holy cow. It's pretty cool. It's different and it's really cool looking. And it's there's several different variations of the products, different sizes. And we also have ancillary products like, you know, we have a bolo bucket, which we which is like a, a backpack that's also like a hard soft, you know, cooler that's a bucket. 
which interacts with the Bolo pop-up tent and the Bolo packs that I just told you about. So it's a whole bunch of products that are... So we're doing that podcast though to talk to these outdoor influencers. But yeah, we're really excited about that coming out. Oh my goodness. When you get the Kickstarter out, like uh-huh. send me the link. We will totally add it on here. I love gadgets that do more than one thing. Like, that's <laughs> great. Well, you know, it's <laughs> funny talking to you about that because I had... You know, once again, you know, so I had a girlfriend and this is why I made this product. I had a girlfriend, I was like in my early twenties and she had next to her bed, she had this black, super large Swiss army knife. It had tons of things on it. And I would just sit on that bed and I would open up all the things. I was like, this is the most entertaining thing in the world to open all these badges (laughs) on the Swiss army knife. And she's like, boy, you really like that Swiss army knife. I was like, yeah, I just love it. Look at all these things on here. I'm so entertained. And every yes. time I'd cover, I'd lie in her bed and I would just sit on play on this thing. Now tell me that's not an ADHD. I thing. know. Oh. That's the best fidget toy ever. Oh my God. I never knew. I thought it was just, you know, special. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah. She, and she bought me one for like the like my next birthday. And I, I'm looking right at it. It's right across the room. And I, I got one for my 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 daughter's boyfriend too. And he loves, but he, I mean, it, that's why I got the, you know, I'm like, I wanted to build eventually when I you know, I was going to patent and create a product, it would be kind of like a Swiss army knife that has a lot of more than just one thing to entertain a mind that gets tired of, you know, the same thing. Yes. Yes. Cause our minds want it to do all of the things. Cause we want to do all of the things. <laughs> it's so funny that like, you know, that, that uh, ADHDers like to Stay so. Oh, here's the thing. I was with this girl. Uh, I tell me this is not an ADHD thing. This is a 199. I was young. She, we were we we're kind of dating. Friends with benefits, really. Let's get real. All right. So <laughs> this is, I was in my early twenties. So I take. She just got done helping me promote for, for a big event that I did in LA for a nightclub event. <laughs> I go to Las Vegas with her, and I said, "That's. Um, we're going to go to Las Vegas, and I'll pay you back by." Help me out. And so we go to Las Vegas and I'm in the hotel room, but now I go to the lobby and I, the brand new Almanac came out. This is before the internet. So the brand new Almanac came out and I was sitting on the couch before we went to, didn't go down to the casino, didn't go down to the restaurant. I sat on the couch for five and a half hours reading the new Almanac. I'm like, do you realize that the, there's more homicides in our nation's capital than any other city in the country? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, like what's wrong with you? That's our time blindness and like our hyper focus. It's like <gasps> something that tickles the brain. Yeah, oh. yes, that's our thing. You there's so many like, facts yes. and figures in here. It's amazing. Here, I know this. I have you, you know, seen this? Yes. Listen to this fact. I couldn't stop. It was like you know, and then it got worse because I discovered on the same trip. I discovered craps. You know what craps table is like? Craps out of all the games in 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 the casino, more than any more than poker, more than more than blackjack, there are so many things on that long craps table. It is the perfect game for it. I I was like I I swear to god, I, I went downstairs and I start playing this thing and I I I inherently I'm a good craps player because I can concentrate on like 50,000 things at once. And, and the more you do, the more money you put on the field, the more you do on hard ways, the more you put on the, on the pass and the behind the pass. Now, if you don't know the game, it doesn't matter because the more there's so much activity. And, and I was there for like, I swear, like I feel like we just got here. I was like, no, we've been here for seven hours. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
Like I said, all that's amazing. That's you using your skills right there. But yeah, that's our time blindness. You'll be, once you get into something, you'll look up and you'll be like, how did it get dark outside? It was morning. <laughs> yes. It's so it's crazy that those two examples though going to Vegas. But I, I think a lot of people can get like that in Vegas, like you things are where the yeah. time go, but not with an almanac and and maybe with a craps table. But an almanac, <laughs> I don't know. No, that's but that's 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 definitely a huge ADHD trait. That's that's one of our things. We're like, oh, yeah. Holy I know. So many times I've looked up and I'm like, why do I feel so tired? Oh, I didn't eat anything today. I should, yeah. I should eat something. <laughs> That poor girl, she, it was miserable what I did to her because then we went on a double date with my friend and her friend. And I, I said, today we're going to watch, because I, I had this neuroses with nuclear war. I said, today we're going to watch Dr. Strangelove, The Day After, and Miracle Mile at my house. They're like, why? And they're all about nuclear war. And I was like, I don't know. I, 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 I need to know. <laughs> I know I need I saw them. I needed you I need you guys to see this. Oh, you needed them to see it. I need you to feel the same neuroses I do or just you know <laughs> you see no one's respecting the news behind there's always like a news thing in the background and like the husband and wife are arguing the kids are playing with their toys and it's like tensions rise today in Russia I'm like don't don't look behind you it's on the news it's going to happen soon. Yes. You know? No one's respecting the news back there. They're giving you clues. You guys need to like yeah, I tell it out here and go to Australia. <laughs> oh goodness. Yes. Yes. ADHD is great. <laughs> We're the best. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of, let me let me see. I I, I got it. Oh. I, yeah. All right. I I, I I was like, I have I have a podcast interview at 10:30, which is in uh 12 minutes from now. Isn't that typical though? Oh, yep. So <laughs> it is. That's the way we are. But that's a compliment to you because you you I can. I, I think people with ADHD love to talk to each other. Because <laughs> we get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you my final question then, because yeah. one of my favorite things to ask, especially my adult ADHD guests, is what words of encouragement would you like to leave with the audience today, especially those that are just figuring out their symptoms and they're just trying to figure out life? Slow down now so you could speed up later. Because I know you want to go fast and just go, go, go. Because I know you're, if you're anything like me and you're impulsive, but slow down now so you can speed up later. Get involved in personal development. I know if, you, if it's money's an issue, just try to you know, start to just listen to audio tapes. Audio tapes are good with me too because if I don't listen to it the first time, because I read something and I'm like, wait, what did I just read? Because I got the ADHD. So, you know, <laughs> but I have audio tapes. Get yourself an audio tape on something with personal development. Understand, you know, um, and don't put limits on yourself, you know, and um, realize that whatever those weaknesses are in ADHD, be cognitive of that third eye of like saying, look, I, I'm cognitive of it, but I, I'm not going to abide by the rules of it. It's a muscle and I can work my muscle out of this. Just believe in that. Even though it might be a long journey, believe that that's a possibility. And that's all I have to say. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being a guest. It has been a genuine pleasure. Oh, likewise. Thank you so much. And thank all of you out there for listening. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing week. Thanks so much for listening. To learn more about anything we talked about today, 
head over to officeadhd.com. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. And have a great day. We'll see you next time.